0: Breeze up. It's hour number three here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 204. I am your host, Ben Stevens. It is happy hour on this Thursday. A Thursday we all know now as the sports equinox. All four major professional sports in the United States are in action tonight. NFL, Thursday night football, Cleveland, Ohio, the Browns and the Broncos. Early NBA action. Early NHL action. And Major League Baseball. Playoff action as well so in this third hour we will preview everything you need to know including looking forward to college football because let's not forget cfb in this wonderful sports mix as well helping us to do just that is a man by the name of Carver High. Mike Carver from all across the Sports Grid network. You can hear him each and every day on Pharrell Coast to Coast. You can hear him each and every day on College Football Full Circle on Sirius XM starting at 1 p.m. Eastern. He is a man of many hats, many talents, and now we are very pleased to have him on the morning after. Mike, a good Thursday morning to you. Thank you for joining the show. Always good to pull up a chair for happy hour with you, Ben. Uh,
1: Let's get it going, my man. Good to be with you.
0: It is great to have you here. It is always a happy hour, even at 11 a.m. Eastern on a Thursday morning. (laughs) That's just how much fun we have here on TMA. And tonight, out in Los Angeles, it could be a season moving forward and a season coming to an end for the Dodgers and the Braves. When you look at where things stand right now in the NLCS, very familiar territory for both of these squads. Atlanta holds a 3-1 series lead in the National League Championship Series over the L.A. Dodgers. Atlanta blowing out the Dodgers last night, 9-2. to Eddie Rosario, Mike, continues his tear. And tonight, Carver, we have a game where the Dodgers still, somehow, someway, the favorites on the money line against the Atlanta Braves. In fact, it's worked even more in their favor. The Dodgers, who have yet to officially name a starter, are minus 146 as the home favorites this evening. The Atlanta Braves, plus 124. They will be going with Max Fried. The over-under total is 8. The under has the juice. Carver, the Braves are a minus 500 favorite in the series price, yet the underdogs tonight out in L.A. again in game number five. How does that make sense in your mind?
1: Uh, It doesn't, Ben. Let's just say it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, for sure. Now, look, we know what the storyline is going to be all the way up until first pitch tonight. The Dodgers came back from 3-1 last year and beat the Braves. Look. This is a very different circumstance this year, Ben. They are not out in Arlington at a neutral site. Uh, you know, they're, even if they lose tonight, they got to go back to Atlanta and try to beat them two games there. A very tough task. The Braves have the hammer on the mound tonight with Max Freed. Look, I think it ends tonight, Ben. I really do. I think the Braves finish off the Dodgers. There's been something weird about this Dodger team all year, and I think it finally comes to a head tonight. This team just has grinders, Ben. I mean, look at the Braves, Rosario, Young, Jock. I mean, all these guys that they added at the deadline, they weren't flashy names, but they're getting it done in the postseason. Plus 124 for the Braves tonight. Were you kidding me with Max Freed on the mound? Let's go, Ben. Put the ticket in, and if not, I'll just double back on him in game six. Let's go.
0: I mean, listen, Carver, you're spot on, though, in the assessment of value for this game, right? If you think Atlanta has value tonight in Game 5, plus 124 is the underdog, you're saying yes, give me that quickly and run to the window to cash it as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the third and final hour of the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. This is our West Coast Wake Up. It is Ben Stevens and Mike Carver with you for this third and final happy hour of of the morning after also a shout out to spectrum Sportsnet la where this show runs in full out in the pacific time zone the home of the los angeles dodgers but again the braves the underdog tonight minus 500 in the series that is an indication a very strong indication that either in game five six or seven atlanta is moving on to the world series so tonight at plus 124 even on the road there is value max freed a santa monica california native I think he would like to send his Dodgers packing or his hometown team packing and send his current team, the Atlanta Braves, into the World Series. However, on the other side, Carver, I think an argument can be made for the Dodgers that if you think as the favorites tonight they win and at least force a game six, game six right now in the series total games market, that price is plus 340 You have a huge plus money price on the Dodgers. You could then hedge out for game number six with whatever the Dodgers' price might be and split your unit there, having some profitability in this arena. That's where I think the value is, Carver, on the Dodgers. Not tonight laying minus 146 at home.
1: Yeah, I'm probably with you on that, Ben. If you think the Dodgers are going to win tonight, just bet them to win the series. Like, honestly, like like why mess around laying juice with a team that's down 3-1? to Just go bet them to win the series. You want to go even stronger than that? get the 6-1 to one to win the World Series, whatever you want to do. Do something more creative than just betting them straight to win tonight. I did it last year, Ben. I actually took them to win the World Series when they were down 3-1 against the Braves. Ended up cashing that ticket. I don't think, Ben, that I'm going to do it two years in a row, though.
0: <laughs> it's a very different Dodger team, Carver, like you mentioned. No Max Muncy, who was the leader for the Dodgers in home runs and RBIs this year. Justin Turner might not return the rest of this pro- postseason, so... It's a different team as it stands right now. Although familiar territory, we know the propensity of Atlanta teams to blow big leads. But still, the Braves hold a 3-1 series advantage in the NLCS. They are minus 500 right now in the series price. I said as I welcomed it on that Carver High is a man of many hats. We just broke down some baseball, but he also loves his puck. We talked some NHL early action on the other side of the break here on the morning after. Sirius XM channel 204 right here
2: on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
0: Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM channel 204 with Mike Carver for this third and final happy hour of TMA. I am Ben Stevens. Carver High is a man of many talents, wears many hats. He can talk college football and we will coming up. He can break down Thursday night football in the NFL and we will also do that coming up. We just talked about Major League Baseball postseason action game number five of the NLCS. How about some NHL for you as well? early action in this nhl campaign and carver let's begin by looking at the stanley cup odds because although it is very early on and there hasn't been a ton of movement in this market yesterday we had on nhl.com's pete jensen and he talked about the three favorites right now to win the stanley cup the Avs, the golden knights and the tampa bay lightning all having their little bit of adversity to start off this season what have you made of these three favorites early on in this nhl campaign
1: Well, it's pretty simple for me, Ben. First of all, the Avalanche aren't going to win the Stanley Cup this year. So let's just put that right out on the table. I told you that a couple weeks ago, right before the season started. The Avalanche are not going to win. Uh, They're flashy. They score goals. They look great. They can't stop the puck. Uh, The goalie they had last year, Philippe Grubauer, who I didn't trust that much to begin with, he's now in Seattle. Darcy Kemper, who they got from the Arizona Coyotes, he's never played a big game in his life. So honestly, Ben, I think the Avalanche have no business being the favorites, but hence they are. The Golden Knights, here's their issue. They get there every year, Ben, and they haven't figured it out and gotten it done yet. I'm not so worried about their slow start. Uh, Look, they've played a couple of pretty good teams so far. I think if out of these three teams at the top, if there's one that you really want to invest in this early in the season, it's probably going to be Vegas for me. And as far as Tampa goes, look, I know they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. They are not the same hockey team. Yes, they still have Vasilevsky in goal. That's a big difference. Yes, they still have Stamkos. They still have Braden Point. Once again, now they're going to go put Kucherov in the cupboard for six months uh, on (laughs) long-term IR, and he'll show up in the playoffs and play. But they lost all of their glue guys, Ben. All of their glue guys are now playing in other places, whether it's Yanni Gordon in Seattle, whether it's Barkley Goudreau, with the rangers whether they have all these guys now all over the place and that's not good for tampa not going to help their stars will they make the playoffs maybe even win the division again sure they will not going to win the cup a third year in a row
0: carver has there been an nhl team that has surprised you the most at this point of the season or a couple of surprising storylines early on
1: look i mean you you have to be surprised at the buffalo sabers so far i mean honestly they're, they're the worst team in the league and they've now opened up what I believe is, yes, a 3-0 and start to this NHL season after beating Vancouver the other night at home. Is this going to last? No, I don't expect this to last. But very good for the people in Buffalo. They get a nice little start here, 3-0, and get a couple more people to show up at the arena. I still have the under. I think it's 64.5 points that we put in before the Ooh. season. Ben <laughs> definitely, definitely not happy how things have started with six points out of the gate. I'm probably in trouble on that. But the Sabres will revert to form and be a bad team again. I'm not that surprised at Florida being 3-0. Uh, this is a team that added some good depth in the offseason. They have some stars at the top with Barkoff and Huberto. Uh, decent goaltending situation. Florida's 3-0 and is not something to sneeze at, that's for sure. Little surprised at St. Louis. I don't think they're that good at 3-0. Minnesota was a team that I talked to you about, Ben, right before the season started. Yeah. Going to be very good the Wild. And they're off to a 3-0 start as well.
0: Carver, there are nine games on the ice tonight across the NHL, including your New York Islanders on the road in Columbus. What's the feeling for this game between the Isles and the Blue Jackets?
1: Yeah, I thought a good win for the Isles the other night in Chicago. You know, they're in a very tough spot, Ben. They've got a 13-game road trip to start the season. Uh, Not ideal as they wait to open their brand-new arena over at Belmont Park, UBS, which will be on November the 20th. Needed that win in Chicago. They're a better team than the Blackhawks. They get a 4-1 win. Now they go to Columbus, also a team that they are better than. Ilya Sorokin has carried Manel so far in goal. Semyon Varlamov has not been ready to play. There's a chance he could tonight, Ben. We will see who's in the pipes for the Islanders. Better team, get a little footing here. Then they have to go out west and play in Arizona and Vegas on Saturday and Sunday. They got to tread water here, Ben. I think this is a good spot tonight against a bad Columbus team. Isles need points like this with all the road games that they have coming up.
0: So of the nine games outside of the New York Islanders, leaving us eight, are there any other games that you want to highlight for the NHL slate this evening that really catch your eye on this Thursday?
1: Yeah, we love the over in the Colorado-Florida game, Ben. Six and a half. I know that it's a hefty number. These two teams put the puck in the net. They can't make this line high enough here. Over six and a half between the Avalanche and the Panthers tonight i got to tell you, the Ducks and the Jets have been very weird. I think this is the third time already that they're playing each other to start the season. Ducks have been pretty spunky, too. Plus 168 for Anaheim tonight in Winnipeg? Come on, let's get that done as well. You're getting the Rangers for plus money in Nashville. Look, Rangers good win in Toronto the other night. Shesterjkin played out of his mind. I like this spot. Nashville, not a very good team. And I also, been like Vancouver tonight in Chicago, plus 122. The Blackhawks have been very, very poor out of the gates here. And uh, Vancouver, not that great either. Think they're the better team. Nice road win with some plus
0: money. That's why we love Mike Carver right there, folks. I ask him if there are any games that he wants to highlight out of the eight remaining in the NHL. And he gives you four picks and four plays for this Thursday night. (laughs) on the ice carver you are a man of your props when it comes to a variety of sports but in the nhl as well what have you seen in the prop market so far throughout this hockey season
1: you know it's been a little a a little slow for me ben to get started with the props Uh, i think kind of like last year we need to let things settle a little bit um you know that they haven't been putting up the power play ones either which last year we were really hot with and uh hasn't gotten that many power play points up for the start of this season I think we still need to wait a couple of weeks. And like I said, if you want props tonight, there's one game to go to. It's Colorado and it's Florida. You want to play any of those guys to score on the top two lines for both teams, I think you're in good shape. You'll probably get some decent prices with Barkoff and Huberdeau, McKinnon back in the mix, Landis Cog. Let's get the top guys on those two teams tonight, Ben, and let's throw some player performance doubles if you want to choose one side. Let's throw some guys to score goals. FanDuel now gives you the thing one plus goal, two plus goal. I think that you can kind of get in the mix with that with that game because there's going to be a lot of pucks in the net.
0: And like you mentioned for that game, Carver, two powerhouses, especially offensively, early on this season. Again, the Avs, the favorite on the FanDuel sportsbook right now to win the Stanley Cup at plus five hundred. The Panthers, who are off to a great start, and you say you are not surprised by a little bit further down the board, down the board, maybe some value there at sixteen to one on the Florida Panthers. Do you think that is value for Florida? What's their outlook look like the rest of the way?
1: I think that if you want to get involved with Florida, you should now. That's 16-1 to if they continue to play this way, Ben. I think you're going to see 10-1 to or less by the time we get to, let's say, December or the All-Star break in January. Mm -hmm. I think when we get to that spot, Florida's going to be among the five or six favorites to win the Cup, because I do anticipate they'll play this well all year. I thought them to win that Atlantic division was going to be a nice bet before preseason. It was, I believe, 3-1 to one in that area. Uh, but right now, 16-1 to one for the Panthers to win the Cup. I think that it's got some worth to it.
0: And they're four, plus 400 right now in that Atlantic division at the moment. So, Carver, I love, I love the hockey breakdown. Oh, I, you like that? You like plus 400 or no?
1: I, I love it. I think they can win that division. I think Boston's down. I think that the Lightning are going to be a little down. Toronto, you can never trust them. Florida 4-1 to yeah. in that division is very solid.
0: Good value on the Florida Panthers all across the place and in the over tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, it's 6.5, but Carver still says there's going to be a lot of goals and a lot of pucks in net tonight between the Avs and the Panthers. So, Carver, that's your hockey knowledge. Next, we go to your college football knowledge. It is Carver talking college football as we look ahead to week number eight of the CFB slate. Not the greatest games we have seen all year long in college, But still, some great games out there and a good time of year to look at what the future market looks like on a couple of big teams and a couple of big programs that have their eyes set on the college football playoff. We talk some CFB on the other side of the break, right here on the Morning After. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And for this third and final happy hour of TMA, we are joined by Carver High, the man they call Mike Carver, who does everything for SportsGrid. You can catch him today on Pharrell Coast to Coast a little bit later up this afternoon. College football full circle, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern with our good friend Joe Lisi as well. College football full circle? Yeah, they talk about college football. That's what we're about to do right now, entering week number eight of the college football slate. Oh, I just rhymed. I just realized it. Week eight, college football slate. Anyway, we'll keep the rhyming to the side right now as we focus, Carver, on a team that I find fascinating at the moment. The Oklahoma Sooners, the third-ranked Oklahoma Sooners, who are still 7-0, and 3-4 against the spread, ranked number three in the country, are the favorites to win the Big 12 are minus money in a big way to make the college football playoffs and have the fourth shortest odds to win the CFP National Championship. All that considered, it's been a tumultuous season for Lincoln Riley and the Sooners, where performance on the field hasn't been great. The preseason Heisman favorite, Spencer Rattler, has now been benched for Caleb Williams. So, Carver, I ask you, in your college football knowledge, what do you make of Oklahoma at this point?
1: Yeah, you know, Ben, I was really down on them. Before last week, um, it seemed like they were a team that I was just waiting for them to finally lose a game. I mean, really, you look at the beginning of the season, whether you want to point to the Tulane game, you want to look at all the other games that they played early in the season. They, just, they were winning, but they weren't impressive. And now we've come further into the season. We have the quarterback change, and I think that this is a big-time spark for them. I mean, you look at the line, Ben, that Caleb Williams had last week against tcu spencer rattler didn't have a line that good all year i mean all year Uh, so i think this is huge for oklahoma i think they now have the right quarterback in there and now maybe they're going to start hammering teams and our opinion of oklahoma is going to change i think it starts this week it's nice when you have a tomato can like kansas you're going to go visit in lawrence a team that they have absolutely dominated in the past 10 years i mean there's a couple years there where kansas covered when les miles was there but other than that ben i mean absolute blowouts i am not at all going to be shy laying 38 and a half with oklahoma this week and if you would have told me that two weeks ago i would have said absolutely not
0: yeah when you look at that line 38 and a half in favor of boomer sooner it still might not be enough against the kansas jayhawks and right now carver i think you look at oklahoma from an odds perspective in the future market and you could really correlate everything right now minus 210 to win the big 12 conference championship a little bit ago they were still the odds on favorite to win this conference but when they were leaking a little bit of oil it seemed like yeah but they're probably not going to cash in on those minus money odds they're going to fall at a certain point and then that'll flip. Their odds have gotten longer and longer on a week-by-week basis. Now three and four against the spread. They have won two straight games. They have covered in two straight games. I should say they've won seven straight games. They are a perfect 7-0. and But now being minus 210 to win the Big 12, they are minus 192 to make the college football playoff. That is tied for the second longest odds on the board right now with Alabama. And then 16-1, to To win the national championship, Oklahoma to me is seeming to turn the tide a little bit, at least in the way that we perceive them favored by 38 and a half right now against Kansas for Saturday and being the longest odds to win any conference in college football. I think Oklahoma is starting to change the court of public opinion on what they might be able to do to at least get. To the cfp there is a big game in the big 12 this weekend with oklahoma state and iowa state the two teams with the second shortest odds at plus 500 to catch the sooners do you like the makeup of either oklahoma state or iowa state carver to be a true contender for the big 12 conference championship
1: i think that there's a couple of signals that you have to look at here ben that show you that people don't believe in oklahoma state one is that price for oklahoma to win the big 12 still uh, even though oklahoma state's undefeated and has played pretty well this year people are not believers nor should they be because mike gundy has never allowed you to be a believer once we get to november oklahoma state has had seasons like this before they've gone into november undefeated and what has happened the wheels have fallen off the bus when they get there and sometimes ben even before they get to the bedlam game against the sooners So I think that that's why people are still very skeptical of Oklahoma State. And I think you look at this line this Saturday, and that's like another signal to look at. It's like they're getting (laughs) six and a half at Iowa State. Like Iowa State's already lost a couple of games this year. Oklahoma State's undefeated. This is one of those times, Ben, and I love these spots. You've got an unranked team favored over a ranked team. There's four of these this weekend, Ben, and I always Mm. am going to play The unranked team that is favored in these spots. So, whether it's Iowa State over Oklahoma State, whether it's UCLA over Oregon, Air Force against San Diego State, and Wisconsin against Purdue, four ranked teams, dogs against unranked teams, Ben, always the ears stick up when that happens.
0: Absolutely so, because there's a reason for that line, and people smarter than both Carver and I are setting those odds based on algorithms and models and you might think what the heck that stinks to high heavens that Iowa State is laying six and a half at home over the eighth ranked team in the country who is unbeaten up to this point. Looking at the Wisconsin Badgers this year and thinking how are they anywhere near a two and a half point road favorite against Purdue? There's a reason for those lines. So if like Carver you want to back the unranked favorite team in this position or just stay away i don't know if i'd look to the underdog right now either with the points or on the money line it's a scary scary proposition like we mentioned carver early on oklahoma laying 38 and a half against kansas caleb williams is now the guy for the Sooners. over 300 total yards of total offense this past weekend in that game against tcu five total touchdowns for the oklahoma offense There is a chance he puts up 11 total touchdowns against this Jayhawks team himself on Saturday. So I think it's a fascinating discussion right now, Carver, because Caleb Williams, who just made his first start of the year this past Saturday, has the ninth shortest odds right now on FanDuel to win the Heisman Trophy. Not a very strong sample size, but still the ninth shortest odds at 50 to one. Still a long shot for sure. You look at the short odds in Bryce Young and Matt Corral's favor, but Caleb Williams even being on this board is an interesting discussion. Do you think, Carver, in some way, Caleb Williams should be considered to win the Heisman Trophy?
1: Why he has risen up the board so quickly, Ben, is because there is no great candidate to win it right now. So because nobody in the first seven weeks of this college football season, has been able to step to the front. Now, look, you look at those odds, you're going to say, yeah, what do you mean? Matt Corral and Bryce Young, they've stepped to the front. They're both plus 175. Yeah, well, guess what? They haven't really stepped to the front because the voters, Ben, are looking for somebody to pass those guys. Look, they have gaudy numbers, and I think Bryce Young, you've seen him in a couple spots now, maybe next year, but I don't think this year for him to win the Heisman Trophy. Matt Corral plays for Ole Miss. Yeah, the numbers are nice, but they like to have teams that are going to be involved in the college football playoff. The award has changed over the last 20 years. I think they'll look for any reason, and if Caleb Williams gives them one over the next couple of weeks and he keeps Oklahoma undefeated and he's putting four, five, six touchdowns up every single game, a lot of people, there'll be a a lot of discussion about it, Ben, but I think you could see him at the minimum as a finalist.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the odds right now, 50 to 1, again, very long odds. But the fact he's on the board with some of the best odds in the country inside that top 10, as it currently stands, indicated by the FanDuel Sportsbook's odds, there's a reason for it. And if he keeps putting up big numbers, and Carver's right, if you correlate it then to the market of Oklahoma being minus 192 to make the college football playoff, minus 210 as the longest odds-on favorites to win any conference in college football to win the Big 12, and Caleb Williams is steering that ship of Lincoln Riley's offense, he will be a factor. Whether you like it or not, whether you think he has played enough games to actually truly be in contention, he will have short odds, and he will have an ability at least to maybe come to New York. I would look to C.J. Stroud at the moment for some value because of what Carver said. Bryce Young has been a great quarterback and is one of the leaders in terms of touchdown passes for Alabama this year. Matt Corral is great, and the numbers are going to be great. And I love watching Matt Corral play, but you need an otherworldly type of season to be considered for the Heisman Trophy if you are not playing in a New York Six Bowl or a college football playoff bowl, and that's what we might have with Matt Corral. You need a Lamar Jackson type of season. Matt Corral is on pace to do that, but it takes a lot to be considered for the Heisman Trophy when you are not a team contending for the national championship. Quickly here Carver we do have a Thursday night football game a couple of them in the collegiate ranks outside of the NFL one that catches my eye is Louisiana laying 18 and a half against Arkansas State not so much from a side perspective for this game but Luloff is five and one straight up this year just two and four against the spread they've only covered as a favorite once when they were laying 19 points against Ohio week number two of the year but the two games that Louisiana covered in that two and four uh, record against the number they have scored 40 or more points 41 against App State last week 49 earlier on in the season against Ohio their team total right now if you kind of estimate it, is going to be around that 42 and a half 43 number Arkansas State is the worst scoring defense in the country letting up an average of 52 points per game so if you wanted some action in the collegiate ranks tonight. I would look to Louisiana's team total against Arkansas State this evening. That's one of my thoughts for Thursday night football, just providing that collegiate perspective, Carver.
1: Yeah, look, I like you with the Red Wolves too. I think taking the team total over Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cage is a good way to go. I like SMU tonight, Ben. Lay the hammer on Tulane. It's only 13 and a half right now. Looks shady, but go do it. These Those Sunbelt games are tricky too, Ben. We saw that with Coastal last yeah. night. Very tricky, the Sunbelt games.
0: Very, very tricky. App State winning as the underdog in Boone last night. Thursday night football in the NFL as well. What to make of all the injuries? That's next year on The Grid.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Thursday here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Mike Carver for this entire third hour. As it is a Thursday, it is now time to preview Thursday night football. Cleveland, Ohio is the setting. It is the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos. The Browns right now on FanDuel, just a one-point favorite at home. This line opened up in Cleveland's favor at five-and-a-half points. Now down to one. The over-under total opened at 44 for the Broncos and the Browns. Now it's down to 40 and a half. Why so much movement? The litany of injuries for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield will not play tonight. Starting in his place, Case Keenum, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. We are not sure about that backfield either. It does not seem like Nick Chubb nor Kareem Hunt will play tonight on this Thursday. The wide receiver core, another question. Could Jarvis Landry be activated from the IR? Could Odell Beckham Jr. play? And if he does, how healthy and effective will he be? So, so many injuries, Carver, for the Cleveland Browns. So much line movement moving this now to just one in Cleveland's favor. What do you make of tonight's game for Thursday Night Football?
1: Yeah, I'm still on the Browns, Ben, to be quite honest with you. I'm all in on Cleveland tonight. I don't care who plays. Uh, The Broncos aren't any good. Uh, They have already shown you that this year. They got fat the first three weeks playing the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. And now the last three weeks, you've seen what they actually are. That's a paper tiger. They're not any good. They're not going to make the playoffs. And Vic Fangio's not a great coach. I don't care if Teddy Bridgewater plays. I don't care if Drew Locke plays. I don't care who plays, Ben. The Browns are going to beat the Broncos tonight in Cleveland. Case Keenan will have a moment. Uh, I know. And look, If they had so many injuries, Ben, they got so many injuries, why are they still favored? Why are they still favored? They've got I, all these injuries. Yeah. Shouldn't the Broncos be favored then? They don't got as many injuries. Yeah, Bridgewater might be a little banged up, but why aren't the Broncos? If it's so bad and the Browns are so ravished with injuries, why aren't the Broncos favored tonight? Why? Why?
0: Carver, do you think there is a potential at all in the next seven hours or so until we get to kickoff tonight on Thursday that the line does flip in Denver's favor and making Cleveland a home underdog tonight? Do you think that is a possibility for Thursday night football? I get it's a, definitely a possibility, Ben.
1: Clearly, because I'm sure a lot of people who listen, most people, majority of people betting right the game the day of the game, we're getting closer, and closer yeah. to kickoff. People are going to start putting the tickets in. And let's see, you get a lot of recreational bears are going to come right in and go, look at Cleveland's roster tonight. They got nobody. Let's go hammer away with the Broncos. Broncos aren't good. This game will be ugly, Ben. I'm not going to tell you you're going to get an entertainment, you know, highly entertaining, you know, 35 to 31 football game tonight out of these two teams. Right. This game has slop. I mean, under 40 and a half, they can't make that number low enough. Uh, this game's got 16, 13 written all over it. And I think the Browns do get it done and they win it. Keenan will have a little moment people's jones have a little moment maybe even a little austin hooper in the end zone for an anytime touchdown ben we got a lot on the table tonight for the cleveland browns
0: carver i think you bring up a great point though this is not just some random rookie quarterback starting case keenum you can make your jokes about him but he has starting experience he was paid to be the denver broncos starting quarterback in the 2018 season he started all games every game for the Denver Broncos in 2018. He was the starter in Washington just two years ago in 2019. He has that experience. It's not like he's unaccustomed to this stage where it will be overwhelming. Is it going to be pretty? Is he going to toss four touchdowns? Probably not. But it's not like the moment is all that big for him. I know it's a short week. I know there was some hope that Baker Mayfield himself wanted to play in this game and could go out there. But Case is still a very formidable backup at this moment where – I'm not so sure the Cleveland Browns are not going to win this game. And now only laying a point, I think you're getting a really, really good number on the Cleveland Browns. When you look at both of these teams, both both three and three against the number, Cleveland has been favored in four of their six games. Like Carver mentioned, Denver started out 3-0. and Who were those three wins over? Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Giants. Not exactly the best cream of the crop in the NFL right now. And since then, Denver has lost three straight, and they have lost those three games by an average margin of 11.3 points per game this is where the Denver Broncos find themselves right now so yes they are the healthier side yes you might think there is a little bit more certainty on this short week heading into Thursday night football but maybe that certainty is a Denver Broncos team that has been slightly disappointing the last couple of weeks and thus you look to the Cleveland Browns Carver you mentioned that total over 140 and a half. It is the smallest number for any game NFL week number 7. It is one of the smaller totals for the Cleveland Browns this year. In fact, the lowest total we have seen for a Cleveland Browns game. The Broncos have been hovering around this margin of 41 and a half, 40 and a half, 42 and a half. So, not unaccustomed for them, but when you look, Cleveland has played 4 of their 6 games to the over, Denver 4 of their 6 games to the under, but two straight overs. For the Denver Broncos when you look at this over under total for 40 and a half we have seen it drop from an opener of 44 points now down to 40 and a half you are saying you still like the under. How do you know the under is going to hit tonight.
1: It, it just feels like that kind of a game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of possessions. I think that both teams are going to try to run the football. Uh, we already know the quarterbacks situation on both sides isn't outstanding. You don't have a lot of guys that are going to throw the ball deep and air it out here. Uh, I think that both defenses are capable enough to get some stops. I think it's under Ben. I know that it's gone down. I I think the game's in the 30s. I just do. Maybe not even. I'm sticking with 16-13. I think it's that type of a game tonight. Uh, and hey, look, Ben, if it looks like at the beginning, uh, maybe there's some points on the board early. Hey, we'll get a better number for the under on the in-game line. Let's go. We're gonna keep, we'll just double down, Ben. We'll just keep throwing more coals on the fire. <laughs>
0: I like it. I think that's a very smart play for Thursday Night Football tonight. Carver's right. If they start to run the football, if they want to focus there, either from a Denver perspective against this Browns team, go to Javante Williams, go to Melvin Gordon, great. The Browns have the sixth-best rushing defense in the NFL. If the Browns, who have their running back issues right now, turn to Deernest Brown in the backfield and they give him the rock, great. The Denver Broncos are the fourth-best rushing defense in the NFL. So you might be able to contain this game, Make it a slow-paced game where not a lot of scoring is happening, and that's why the under of the 40-and-a-half, even though it's the lowest total of the weekend, is still certainly in play. You brought up a couple of guys, Carver, on Cleveland's side that you might look to in the prop market tonight. Who are those guys again, and where are you looking to target those props?
1: I like Austin Hooper plus 310 with the touchdown tonight. I, I, they obviously have limited options in the passing game and the running game with all the injuries that they have. We still don't know if doesn't sound like Beckham's going to play tonight either. sounds like they might get Landry back actually, Ben. So we'll see. We're not going to know until game time who's out there. But Hooper, little red zone for Case Keenum. Used to love throwing to the tight end in Minnesota with – Stefanski as his offensive coordinator. So I think we know Ooh. we got a little playbook there of what Stefanski likes to do when Keenum was throwing him to Kyle Rudolph up there with the Vikings. So I'm going to go take a little shot with Austin Hooper tonight. And I think that we also have to take a shot with Case Keenum. This is a low number, honestly, I feel like for Case. It's 218 yeah. and a half. I actually like the all total over 225 at plus 100. Always got to have that little plus in front of the numbers, Ben. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's Carver High right there. A little plus money price for you on your Thursday night. My favorite plus money price is in the prop market as well. It's Cortland Sutton going over his total receptions prop of five and a half. It's at plus 126 to the over. Now, you could look at Cortland Sutton's receiving props tonight. Either the receiving yards, 67 and a half, or those total receptions at five and a half. He has gone over these numbers in three of the six games for the Denver Broncos this year. Both of these numbers in the same games he has gone over when he has had more than five and a half receptions. He has had more than 67 and a half receiving yards. So they are certainly correlated And Cortland Sutton is the leading receiver on the Denver Broncos. This is why I like Cortland Sutton tonight as opposed to a Noah Fant or a Tim Patrick or anywhere else you might want to look on Denver's offense because Courtland Sutton has the most targets of any Denver Broncos wide receiver this year, 53 targets. That is 11 more than the next closest Denver Bronco, 53 targets for Courtland Sutton. And he has been in the double digits the last two weeks in which he has gone over this total receptions prop, 11 targets two weeks ago, 14 targets this past Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. So in each of those three games that Courtland Sutton has gone over, five and a half total receptions he has had double digit targets that will need to happen again on thursday night for him to go over but i like the ability to do that when he has 53 targets 11 more than any other denver bronco wide receiver also carver you brought up case keenum's passing yards prop tonight a low number of 218 and a half and a great nugget there of who his oc was in minnesota kevin stefanski now his head coach who still calls the plays for the Cleveland Browns, a great bit of knowledge that was. I also look at Teddy Bridgewater on the other side. His passing yards prop of 229 and a half also seems a little bit low to me. Teddy has gone over this number in every game he has been fully healthy this year. He was not out of the Baltimore Ravens game with a concussion a couple of Sundays ago, but every game he has been healthy over this number of 229 and a half. He is averaging 263.3 passing yards per game so far this year so I looked at Teddy Bridgewater thinking you're getting a slightly small number as well and maybe going the over that way again I don't think it's a necessarily pretty game I don't necessarily think Teddy throws for 303 scores but you're getting a reduced number at 229 and a half kind of like you are for Case Keenum at 218 in the hook carver so that's where I look in the prop market tonight
1: yeah, look, and it's good to go that way considering what the Browns have done pass defense-wise the last couple of weeks. I mean, you look at what Kyler Murray did last week. You look at what Justin Herbert did the week before that. Things have not been pretty on that side of the ball for the Cleveland Browns. But I think they get a little back on track. Short week at home. Don't love the Bronco passing offense. I got to take an under somewhere, Ben. If I think this thing's staying under 40-and-a-half, I need somebody to stay under their number. So with Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to try to stay under that number today.
0: (laughs) Listen, I'm not mad at you for that. I wouldn't blame you. I mean, it's still going up against a Cleveland Browns team that has allowed a decent amount of passing yards, but still the ninth-best passing defense in the NFL. I want to pull up this stat, Carver, because the Denver Broncos, like we mentioned, not exactly the flashiest scoring offense. And despite the fact they have played two straight overs in their most recent two weeks, When you look at some of the unders they have seen this year, the totals for their games, tonight is at 40 and a half. Opening week one against the Giants, it was the smallest total on the board, 41 and a hook. There's a 42 there the Broncos have played this year. A 40. So this 40 and a half is not necessarily even the lowest number. It was 40 against the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of weeks ago. It was 45 against the Raiders, both of those hitting to the over. But the 40 and a half is still a very small number that we will see here on a Thursday night for the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos. Carver, one final thought here for me. I'm with you. I think a lot of the public attention is going to be on the Denver Broncos. We had 48% of our Fade the Public poll saying the play tonight was on Denver at the time, plus two. Even now, plus one, I'm still thinking you get a good majority. I still think the Cleveland Browns win this football game at home because it feels weird to say I have trust in Case Keenum and the fact that he has been here before as an NFL starter with the cohesiveness with his head coach of Kevin Stefanski. So I'm still looking at this game on Thursday night. If I was looking for a side, it's the Cleveland Browns laying one and maybe some more line movement ahead on this Thursday night where we might be able to get even a better price on the Browns, maybe even look to that money line as well so that is thursday night football cleveland ohio the browns a very banged up browns team but still a one point favorite at home against the Denver broncos a small small number for the total an over under of 40 and a half one final segment here on this thursday edition of the morning after it is our best bets it is bye 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 before we say goodbye here on TMA on this Thursday. Sirius XM channel 204. It's been Ben Stevens and Mike Carver riding with you the entire third and final happy hour. Stay with us for one final break right here on The Grid. Our three hours together here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204 are about to come to a close. Before they do, I am Ben Stevens. I have been joined by Mike Carver for this third and final hour. A very happy hour here on TMA. So before we say goodbye, before we say farewell, it is time for our best bets of this Thursday evening. With so many sports going on, it is time for Bye, Bye, Bye. Carver, tonight is the sports equinox. All four major professional sports in the U.S. are in action. The NHL, the NBA, Thursday night football in the NFL, postseason baseball in the major leagues, and college football. That's where you're looking for your best bet. What's the play tonight, Carver?
1: Yeah, the play for me tonight, Ben, is the Charlotte 49ers in college football at home against Florida Atlantic, and they're getting six and a half at home these two teams have played pretty close games over the past couple years. And honestly, Ben, I think Charlotte's better. They're 4-2. They're undefeated at home. They've played better competition, beating Duke, losing to Illinois and Champaign. I think they're better than FAU. I'll even go a little bit on the money line plus 210 tonight. But Charlotte plus 6.5 at home against Florida Atlantic
0: the plus money prices for carver high mike carver himself i'm also looking for some plus money tonight an over of a total receptions prop for the denver broncos wide receiver Cortland sutton his total receptions prop is five and a half the over has plus money at plus 126 Cortland sutton has gone over this number in three of the six games for the broncos this year every game he did he had double digit targets he has 53 targets this year for the Denver Broncos that is 11 more than the next closest Denver Broncos wide receiver those 53 targets the most of anybody on Denver with plus money for Cortland Sutton tonight against the Cleveland Browns give me the over of that five and a half for the total receptions prop on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Mike Carver, as always, we thank you for your time. You can catch Carver on Pharrell Coast to Coast later today. College Football Full Circle on Sirius XM Channel 204 as well. I am Ben Stevens. The morning after, we'll be back tomorrow morning on a Football Friday right here on Sirius XM Channel 204. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like we do? Do you like
1: winning? What a coincidence. So do-